dispatch. Packets of fire all around. Dear Chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your hosts, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. And welcome. Today, we are going to be exploring alternative mental and emotional health with veteran wildland firefighter, entrepreneur, author, and alternative mental health practitioner, Thomas Worm. That is a mouthful. Thomas Worm spent 15 years in wildland fire with the U.S. Forest Service. He's the founder of Mountain Mind Tricks and became realigned as an entrepreneur, author, and alternative mental health practitioner after his healing crisis in 2015. Now he's the leading voice in the wildland fire community and alternative mental health. Mountain Mind Tricks delivers mental and emotional release to wildland firefighters struggling with mental health. The mission is to empower wildland firefighters to become calm within their storm on the line and at home. Company is a collective of ex-wildland firefighters who serve the fire community as integrative mental health practitioners. Tongue twister there. With a focus in alternative healing, inspiring content creation, and healing retreats. This sounds so fun. The clients of Mountain Mind Tricks experience deep healing beyond anything traditional therapy can provide because it focuses on the mind, body, and spirit. Dive deeper into alternative mental health with one of the books Thomas has published in Six Minutes for Excellence. He gives you the tools to create excellence in Awakened by Heart, Fire. He guides you in connecting with your source of light. And overcome anxiety like a hero is a hero's journey beyond your thinking. Welcome, Thomas. Oh, thank you for the wonderful introduction. I'm so excited to be here. And and yeah, thank you for having me today. We are totally pumped to have this conversation with you today. So we won't waste any more time and we'll start right off. We're just going to let you kind of tell us your story of how loss turned into opportunity for you. And then we'll ask questions along the way. Okay, beautiful. So I'll just start from the beginning where, you know, like you said, I was in wildland fire. I was really just in the middle of my career and it was a very sudden loss. My engine captain at the time passed away suddenly from a heart issue. Very sudden. It wasn't expected. It was is a kind of you wake up one day and everything changes, right? And so at that time, it was, of course, there was great grief and sadness and lots of shock. And I think that's when I really started to drink and became like really addicted to drinking. And I would say that was the first symptom of something was wrong. I didn't really know what to do with myself at that point. And I would say it took about a year of really spiraling down until there was a moment of total crisis for me where, you know, the first thing I turned to was meditation. And during meditation, I had one very deep experience that really opened me up to I would say alternative ways of thinking. But really during this time, I mean, there was 
my body was going through so much. I had no idea what was happening to me. There was nightmares, hot sweats, headaches. My stomach was all messed up. I mean, everything in my life was completely out, out of whack, you know? And if you looked at me at work, you would never know. I was still that firefighter, right? And so it finally hit a boiling point in that moment in meditation where I really was connected to spirit or inspired. That really changed everything for me. And so I started seeking alternative health. I, I just didn't want to go the traditional route. And so I started with acupuncture and acupuncture really helped me get more balanced in my body. And my acupuncturist actually was like, you know, maybe you should try some basic NLP. Like you should check out the class. And so I did. And I kept pursuing NLP. And when I went to master practitioner class and experienced mental emotional release, the technique where we really release the root cause of things. This was so impactful on me. It changed my anxiety level. It changed everything for me so quickly, really right there in class. Like the first time I experienced this, I opened my eyes and I knew, I knew this is what I had to do with what my, my brothers and sisters, right? With the people in my community, this was so powerful and so impactful for me that, I mean, acupuncture got me so far, other techniques like meditation and journaling and breathing and all the things, this was the thing that made the difference. It was huge for me. Okay, so explain to us what NLP is. Okay, yes, please forgive me. So yeah, NLP, it really is a mouthful. It's a the best way to explain it. You know, it stands for neuro linguistic programming. So let's break that down a little bit. It's really our neurology or our mind, you know, our senses. And it's like, you know, psychology and, and linguistics is really the language. So the language we have inside of our mind, the language we have with others, the language and the way it creates pictures inside of our mind. That's really what it comes down to. And also programming is not the right word, but it really comes down to the unconscious level. So traditional therapy really focuses on the way we're thinking and how our thinking drives our behavior. I would say NLP is very different that we're focusing on the unconscious. How is the unconscious beliefs we're carrying affect our conscious mind and then our behavior? And so we really focus on the first time you felt anger or the first time you started to believe something. And, and a lot of times the stuff is from ages zero to seven. You know, we're kind of programmed, if you will, or things are installed from our parents or family or church or school or whatever it is at that age. So NLP really drives at that and uncovers those things. What's the program that's running to make me act like this or behave like this or believe this about myself? You went through, found this modality and that really helped you. So then you got certified yourself? Yeah. So in that master practitioner course, I got certified and I started my own business. I started writing some books and really it was a slow process of transitioning from wildland fire. You know, I was working and building a business at the same time and writing. And it was kind of a couple of years before I left the forest service. And yeah, I kept seeing the clients transform every single time. I just kept seeing all the results I was getting and, you know, severe anxiety, uh, you know, moderate PTS, like PTSD, like these things were just disappearing for people. I was like, oh my goodness. Like I just, I, there was so much drive for me to keep keep going with it. And so I've been very committed ever since. And it was a hard decision to leave fire. You know, I think it was definitely a identity crisis when I did of like, wow, who am I without this? Who am I without this job? Who am I if I'm not a firefighter? Like that was a hard process for me to go through. But I'm so glad I did because what I'm doing now is just, you know, I just love it so much. I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be now. Okay. So tell us what you want our listeners to know. 
Okay. I would say there's the human condition. We're all suffering in some way, in some form. The world is all crazy. There's all sorts of things happening. And then on top of that, a lot of us are first responders, especially the folks listening to this podcast. And I just want you to know there's help out there that if you're struggling, there's, of course, there's traditional therapy, which is amazing. It's it's very important. But there's also other tools because what I can tell you is most of my clients that come to me will say, I'm so happy that you were a firefighter and you understand the process. You understand what I'm going through. And it's hard enough to have that sense in life where nobody understands you because they're not in it with you. Like the family unit or the people outside of your crew or uh, your station, like it's so hard to connect with people. And so just no, one, I'm here for you. I've been there. And two, there's alternative ways of looking at this and there is hope. I think that's the biggest thing is that there's hope. And we all know one of the biggest things in our community in the first responders is suicide. And if that's coming up for you, please, there's hope here. There's hope in these tools. There's hope in other modalities too. In your practice, what other modalities do you use? Okay. So in LP, we talked about mental emotion release is a, I would say the flagship or kind of the biggest technique of NLP. It's very specific for releasing trauma, uh, major emotions or limiting beliefs. And then, you know, get ready to get weird. I do a lot of energy work. I study Hawaiian shamanism. I'm part of a lineage. And so I'll be the 29th generation. And not that I'm Hawaiian by any means, I've been accepted into the school, into the lineage. And so I use a lot of Hawaiian energy, uh, Reiki, very similar to Reiki, but a little bit different. So it really energy work, uh, the mental emotional release work, and then also like coaching, like classic coaching of setting goals and working towards those goals and achieving them. And so it's really a blend and it's very integrative as far as, you know, a physical fitness trainer as well and sports nutritionist. So it just really depends what the client needs and it's very holistic. And a lot of times I want the client to build a team. So it could be an acupuncturist or a chiropractor or medical doctor or whatever they need to really find exactly what they need to heal on all levels. So like we've heard from past guests, there isn't one way to heal. There's many ways and you have to find what works for you. And there's many practitioners out there that can help you do that. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that's different is that I think a lot of times we'll, I'll just tell you my own story. One of the biggest afflictions I had was like, I think the best term is like orthorexia, where it's like, you're obsessive about supplements, you're obsessive about uh, eating perfectly, you're obsessive about exercise, right? It's an addiction, but it's to health. And that was something I really, really struggled with. And And so we can take all the right supplements, we can do all the right things, we can be as healthy as possible, but your health actually just keeps getting worse and worse and worse because it's not physical, it's mental and emotional. And so without clearing a mental emotional issue, all the things like the chiropractors and acupuncture, medical doctors, it's not really going to work. We've got to get to the unconscious piece first and then work with the physical or what's going on in the body. Like what I just said is super alternative, but that's the way I'm going to see it is that we've got to get to the mental emotion, mental emotional root cause and then the healing can start and all the other modalities got to come in. I don't think that's right. super alternative alternative do you just I mean I agree with it I don't yeah. know that your run of the mill psychologist is, is necessarily going to agree with it I think they're going to say you need therapy and exercise not let's mm-hmm. get to the root of this issue and then exercise I, mm-hmm. I mean I agree with it 100% 
but I don't know that that's necessarily a norm, quote unquote. Yeah, that's yeah. fascinating because I, I think there's a lot to be said about, I mean, I don't even call it alternative anymore because I feel like I feel like there's so much to uncover, like so many autoimmune disorders and all of this stuff that really, I think, comes yeah. from just not being mentally healed, especially like with PTSD. It just it just compounds so much and it just turns into these ailments that you have in your body that you can't get rid of because you're not dealing with what's going on with your head. Let's go a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And what I would say is we are not our physical body, although we have a physical body. And I think that's a big difference is that we we're so identified with the body. Like there's something wrong with the body with the way I would look at it is that the body is actually a reflection of the emotional body, the mental body and the spiritual body. And so if there's something inside the body, it's a it's acting as a mirror and there's something going on on a higher level and so we've got to look at the spiritual is there an energy that's going on is there something mental is there a belief or is there something emotional and especially like you're saying with the ptsd things are so stuck in the past like their energy people would become fragmented from these events and their energy is stuck in the past we've got to collect their energy and then we have to work on their beliefs and the events and the emotions and so what happens is when we clean up the spiritual body the mental and emotional the the physical body starts changing and that's a process that that takes some time you know from deepak chopra's point of view of quantum healing we have a brand new body every year. So if your body didn't heal in one year, then it's mental emotional. That's the way I would look at it. And, you know, like we have a brand new liver every six weeks, like what the medical doctors say, like they know the body really well. If it didn't heal on that timeline, it's probably mental emotional. And I'm not a medical doctor, although a lot of my practitioners or colleagues, I should say that are, they work with much higher level stuff than I do. So there's a lot of amazing healings in our crowd that, uh, you know, I'm just not a medical doctor to go really deep into the physical things. I'm like so intrigued that you mentioned Deepak Chopra because I actually saw him in New York City on Jimmy Fallon live. Like, it was mind blown. Mind blown. Yeah. 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 You know, I think the, the other person is Bruce Lipton, the epigenetics, the the way of looking at our cellular biology and how our, you know, our beliefs, what we're thinking, what we're feeling is affecting our chemistry in our body is the best way to think about it. So really our health is a reflection of our environment, but more about our interpretation this is what Bruce would say is that it's all about our interpretation of the environment. So how we react to the things outside of us. And, you know, from a, from a physiology, level like we can have a stress and all the emotions come up like anxiety and fear and that's going to cause this whole cascade of chemistry so it really comes down to our chemistry it's it's very interesting it's a it's an in-depth conversation on i mean we can get down to the cellular biology with this but it's it's very powerful these things when we change our mind we change our body it, it is a process in the physical Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Mm. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed like when you're super stressed, your body starts to ache. Mm. That's your mind. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Out of bed because I'm so stressed out. Like that definitely it definitely affects your everything works together. And Audra's over here shaking her head. Yes, of mm -hmm. course. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. What can we do in our daily lives to improve our energy and our mindset? Oh, I love that question. I think the first thing is to connect to a higher power, whatever that is. I mean, that could be God, Jesus, light, universe, connecting with that energy of a higher power and finding purpose that that's a huge thing but really i would say the number one thing i can recommend is really heart math 
HeartMath Institute, HeartMath Meditation. And it's so simple. It's the simplest thing ever. And really, it's it's all about heart coherence and the way our, let's put it this way, our, our brain has a lot of neurology, right? I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but our heart actually has way more than our brain. And so our heart is actually one of our major brain centers. And we also have a center in our gut, which is even bigger. But the heart really, it tells our brain what to do in a lot of ways. And so when we practice heart math meditation, which is so simple, it's just deep breathing with focusing on your heart chakra and being in like cultivating joy, gratitude, and appreciation. So positive emotions, even five minutes of heart math meditation is going to change your physiology. And so making that a practice, it's so simple. It's just deep breathing, focusing on your heart chakra, focusing on positive emotions. It's going to change your outlook. It's going to change your mindset. It's going to change your chemistry. And so that's the biggest, like most accessible thing I can recommend. You talked about it a little bit, but tell us what is the reaction from some of the people that you've worked with? Like how's the fire service reception to this kind of healing, you know, coming from, I know my husband 10 years ago would have told me I was a crock if I was bringing this to him now. But I think now to because he's gone through his own therapy and he's much more in touch with his body. And I think people in general are becoming more in tune with what's going on with their brain and their body. How how do you think they're receptive to it? Yeah, I, that's a beautiful question. I think uh, the culture... You know, and and I can't speak to the the city folks or structural fire because I never was. I I've never even tried. Like that's not who I am. I'm more of a wildland guy. And in the wildland fire community, even a couple of years ago, this is like crazy talk. Like, what are you even talking about? You know, absolutely. There's tons of resistance. There still is a lot of resistance. I would say just across the board, there's a lot of resistance to even the word therapy. Like that's huge. Like deep breathing, that's like way over the top. So yes, there's a lot of resistance. And I can tell you the people that reach out to me, they wait too long and they're in like crisis. Like, and they're like, my life is ending. Like, I don't even know what to do with my life right now. And it's like, why are we waiting until we're like at total rock bottom to ask for help? And I think that's kind of, it's just interesting. That's kind of where the culture is. It's, it's, and it's maybe it's just the masculine, the, uh, I'm the really tough guy or a tough girl. Right. And I'm going to tough it out. Like that's not really how this works. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to, to be said about that. I don't know if it's a societal thing where it's just, nobody has been taught to ask for help until it's almost to the point where it's too late. I'm just curious, what's your favorite of the the books that you've written so far? Oh, I love Awakened by Heartfire because this takes what we were talking about and just gets... For me, I'm a very spiritual person. So, uh, for example, where a lot of this came from was, you know, we would be dropped out into the wilderness by helicopter. We're out there for a couple of days and a specific event I can remember, we lost the map or we lost the GPS. Like something wasn't working where we had to rely on the land to get back to a pickup point. And I, you know, very spiritual person, I put my consciousness into a hawk. And I looked at the land from that point of view and I was like, oh yeah, when you go down this ridge, we need to take this drainage and we'll get to the trailhead here. Worked out perfectly. So Awakened by Heart Fire is really taking all the lessons I learned from Wildland Fire spiritually at an energetic level and putting it into a form of meditation into a way to open our hearts. It's really about heart coherence and heart math and opening our hearts. And it's it's 
a very spiritual book. There's a ton of stories, so it's kind of action-packed. And it's also got a guided meditation series. So that book is really like to the core of who I am because it really, really gets into the spirituality of fire and what it is at the core. Okay, great. More books for us to read, Chelsea. <laughs> I'm never going to stop reading. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, that's really cool. I think this is cool. I feel like, have you met Ben Strahan? You sound like somebody that would be friends with Ben Strahan. Um, yeah, me and Ben are very, very close. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. I get I, I get that vibe from you. It's like mm-hmm. total right up Ben's alley. He's he's mm-hmm. such a cool guy. All right, Tom, we're going to put you on the hot seat. Awesome. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. All right, we haven't recorded in a while, so if you're just tuning in, Hot Seat is a series of rapid-fire questions that we ask our guests at the end of each interview in order to get to know them a little better and kind of lighten the mood. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What is one question you wish we would have asked you and how would you have answered? Oh, I think how uh, mental emotional release works because it's a very specific technique. And what happens is we take the client from now all the way back through their timeline to the very first time that the issue or anger or limiting belief, whatever it is we're working on happens the very first time, which can get a little weird because sometimes it's in the womb. Sometimes it's during birth. Sometimes it's past life or genealogical as in generation. You know, sometimes it's five years old or 12 years old. But the thing is, is that instead of releasing one event, we release the entire timeline. And so it's, it's very impactful and powerful technique. Huh. All the way back to the womb. Okay. Okay. If you could say anything you wanted to a chief, what would you say? Oh, chief. Yeah. I think uh, that we love you and we know that leadership is really hard and we support your decisions and uh, we see you and thank you for leading us. Okay, you say much nicer things than Chelsea and I would say. So thank you for that. That's a very calm approach. I appreciate that. Okay, what would the title of the book about you be if your worst enemy wrote it? Oh, wow, that is interesting. Um, Let's see. The Crazy Mystic. <laughs> I love that. And you came up with it so quick. That's impressive. Give us three books that you would recommend that are not yours to our listeners. Okay. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, uh, Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, and The Four Agreements. Okay. Any reasons why? Uh, Let's see. War of Art is just some of the best writing I've ever had. And it really speaks about resistance and pushing through the resistance of being creative. Siddhartha was the book that literally changed my life that book is so amazing um it's just important to me personally the four agreements i think is uh you know it's toltec wisdom a way of living it's a very important book in how we live our life and just agreeing to the four agreements will will change your life okay that's awesome had the war of art on my tbr for like decades decades (laughs) well i'm adding it to mine now so i seriously need to read it so that is like going at the top of the tbr oh i love it i love it i love it it's all about resistance that's perfect well i'm a creative so it makes Mm. sense to be on my tbr i just don't know why i haven't read the war of art's perfect because you can read one chapter which is like one page and that's it and it's like really oh okay favorite sounds better one chapter one page you know what i really don't like about those kinds of books though is when you read them on kindle it's the wrong chapters or wrong uh-huh. pages or whatever <laughs> yeah 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 I know what percentage of the book i'm in like <laughs> yeah it's one of those though you'll read it in about two days it's oh. so good okay, so for me i'll probably read it in about three hours okay. yeah yeah yep, yep. <laughs> okay okay cool 
I'm putting that one on my radar then. I love it. So I don't think we have any other questions. Hot seats over. Those were fabulous answers. Um, And so we want to thank you for being with us on the show today. And for our listeners, if you would like to learn more about Thomas and his work, you can find him on Instagram at mountain underscore mind underscore tricks, or you can visit his website at mountainmindtricks.com. He also has a podcast called Conscious Fire Culture, which can be found on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we will include links to all of his books, which can be found on Amazon in the show notes as well. Tom, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been super fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in. Find us on social media at Dear Chiefs Podcast and online at DearChiefs.com. Tune in weekly for the 25,000 foot view of loving a first responder. Audra and Chelsea, over and out. (laughs) 